Hello, this is Miss Leslie Barker, the pastor's wife here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining in today. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to your heart through His Word, and that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and a blessing to you today. Hello, ladies. We are going to dive into a character study today. I love character studies because we can glean and learn about different women in the scripture. So thankful that the Lord allowed us to learn from different women of the Bible and that the ones that he placed in his word. But this lady I'm going to be speaking on is Mary's cousin. Just give you a couple of hints and maybe you can be thinking about it. It's Mary's cousin. Also, she um, was the mother of the forerunner of Christ. So, those are good hints. So, who do you think it is? If you guessed Elizabeth, you are right. So, we are going to be talking about Elizabeth today. I may not get through very much because there's just so much the Lord has allowed me to learn through her life. And I've read through Luke chapter 1 several times. And I have um, looked at Mary's life and I have um, looked at Elizabeth a little bit, but not as much as I have the last couple of weeks. And I'm so thankful for the things that I've learned through her in the scripture. But let's go into Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, then we'll get started. There were what there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no children because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. So we see, just as I started studying Elizabeth's life, I wanted to see exactly the the time and the place that Elizabeth served the Lord and the time here that Elizabeth lived. So I started looking at the writer of of Luke and thinking, why did Luke put in that same sentence there in the days of Herod, king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias in the same sentence? So I started thinking, what is the differences in between those two? And so I started studying Herod. And that's Herod the Great during that time that ruled. And he was the governor of that area that Elizabeth and his and her husband lived, Zacharias. But there's a lot of opposites there in that one little phrase in the scripture there in verse 5. But the writer Luke, the writer Luke, excuse me, gives us major opposites in that first line in verse 5. Herod, of course he's not named Herod the great in the word of God because he's not great in God's eyes. But in history he was known as Herod the great, but he was a wicked leader, the governor of Galilee and the king of the Jews. He was well favored by the Romans, and that's the reason why he became in power, which is because of his favor with the Romans. But on the other hand, Zacharias, he was an older common priest, just a common man. Herod, another opposite, was a man of many talents. His drive was wickedness and um, selfishness and just a drive to to um, increase his self and not others. Zacharias, on the other hand, was a retiring and old godly man that has spent his life in the temple serving for others, not himself. Herod, he hated God. 
very evident whenever you read Josephus. That's the Jewish historian. I know I was reading different accounts on Herod and during this time and that he was a very, he hated God because he didn't want anybody to be above him. He had that pride. But Zacharias, on the other hand, he loved God with all his heart, no doubt. Herod, he murdered his sons, his favorite wife. of He had ten different wives, but his favorite, he murdered her. And many, many other victims as well. So with Herod, anybody that came his way of power, he just killed them. And then Zacharias, he was a gentle minister of the sanctuary. Herod, he was an Edomite or descendant of Edom. If you recall back, the Edomites, that was the descendants of Esau. That was Jacob's twin brother. And so he actually was not even supposed to be in power because the word of God says that the descendants of Jacob should be ruled over the Israelites. But because of the wickedness of the Israelites and them keep on, as they kept on turning back to false gods and, and being rebellious, that the Lord allowed this as a, as a form of judgment because the people of God were not obedient to him. So the God allowed the, him to be in power, but he was not supposed to be because of his lineage. Zacharias, he was a Jew and a descendant of Jacob. Opposites there. Herod, a member of a hostile race. Zacharias, he was a Levite, the tribe, the tribe that furnished Israel with its priest. And so he was the one that, with all his family, his lineage, that that's all he knew was servitude. In the house of God. Herod gave a nest of wicked sons that would plague and torment Israel. If you read his family tree, oh my goodness, if you look down into it, you've got to study this. It's, it's terrible. That all through his lineages and the different, even with the women and his his granddaughters and his and daughters, they were just such wicked people. I won't go into that, but anyway, Zacharias, he gave Israel the son set apart from birth to become the God-sent herald of the Messiah. He was the herald of the Messiah. Isn't that awesome? But Herod, the king of Judea, and a certain man named Zacharias of the course of Abia. So that's where we start today. Zacharias was born of a family of priests. He was blessed to marry a lady from a priest's family as well. So Zacharias was given another lady. And she was of the house of her of Aaron, and so that's the way she was raised. They worked good together as a team because the only thing she knew, her father was a priest, so she was a preacher's kid, and also her husband so was a priest, and so she knew that form of life. And so what better mate that he could marry than someone that knew that type of life and the servitude there in the temple? So... Elizabeth was a daughter and a priest wife. Like I said, she knew all about the life of a priest. Elizabeth, um, not just Zacharias, was righteous before God, but also his wife, Elizabeth. They both were blameless, as we just read in the scripture. Not just Zacharias, but both. That mean, that word, blameless, that means outstanding testimony whenever you look that up. Just think about it. the most coveted thing that you, that would be said about you would be blameless in the word of God. Wow, that's saying so much. That's also the same words that describes Noah and also Job in the scripture. So you see that, first of all, introduction that Elizabeth, that her and her husband, that during the time that they lived in, they lived in a, a wicked time, but yet... 
they were both righteous before God, even in the time and the circumstances they lived. And that spoke to my heart. You know, we think we're living in a bad time now. Just think about Zacharias and Elizabeth and the time they lived. And that that rule, ruler Herod, if you didn't do according to what he wanted you to do, he would either drown you or burn you alive or or hang you. He had many different executions that he he did. And even though, like I said before, that he loved his wife, that didn't matter to him because he chose power over even the loves of his life. So sad. He was a very narcissistic person whenever you look into history. But even though during this time, Elizabeth and Zacharias, they were righteous. And even though the times we're living in, we can still be righteous before the Lord and walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And that can be said about you or I, and that we can still be faithful to him because he is the one we look to, the author and finisher of our faith. Going back into the scriptures where we were at, the context, but there, like I said, this family that was righteous before God, they love the Lord, but there comes a problem. What do we read next in verse 7? This is the problem. Righteous before God, most faithful toward her husband, Elizabeth was, but yet we find just five words containing a world of heartache and disappointment. And what are that five words that we see in verse 7? And they had no child. And they had no child. Elizabeth was barren. That was a bad word during this time. Oh, how dreadful that word is. And especially during that day. Even now, that's what we're created as ladies to do is bear children. But, you know, there are many that are barren. And now I know of several families that have adopted and God has allowed them to have babies. That's their own. The Lord gives them, has given them a baby of their own to be able to nurture and to raise. But during this time, children stayed with their parents. And that if you were barren, this was a terrible thing. This was like a curse. Elizabeth is noted not to be bitter or upset, but blameless. You know, even though those five words that we see about Elizabeth, but yet that's not, it, it could have said after that scripture that she was bitter against God or that she had troubles in her heart, but no, it doesn't say that, just that she was righteous and blameless before the Lord. So first of all, we see that Elizabeth was sure of God's provision. Through just these few verses, we can see several things about Elizabeth's life. The Lord spoke to my heart in many ways in just these few scriptures. But her pain in verse 25, we know that Elizabeth was in pain through this. Because if you switch over to chapter 1, verse 25, it says, Thus had the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my repro reproach among men. So if you look in that in verse 25, later on in the, in the scriptures, after that the Lord had given her promises about different things, and we're going to look at that later. But Elizabeth, day, this is said how the Lord... How she felt, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. So she felt reproached. So she had pain. This verse was stated in the Greek, meaning that, that word dealt, that the Lord dealt with me in the days. 
That word is to mean to make ready or prepare. So the Lord was preparing her in those days of reproach. The reproach is another word meaning shame in the he in the Greek, excuse me. But that word dealt, um, like I said, meaning to prepare. The Lord's preparing her even in the time that she had that shame among men. Because if you um if you look at that during that time period, like I said, that was a shame among women if you didn't have children. That was an honor and glory to women is to have children. The more, the, ma- the, the better. You know, some have no children. Some have two, five, six, seven, something. Everybody's different. But some have children in their youth, some later in their life. I believe with all my heart that Elizabeth sought God for her hurt. I believe that with all my heart in this time. Just think about this, that whenever Elizabeth, that the hurt that she had during this time. Like I said before, that if you read manners and customs of this time, that women, that's all they talked about. That's all they lived for is having children. That's what they did. And they and whenever they gathered in groups, that's what they talked about is their children. Like I said, I believe that Elizabeth would all hurt my heart. I believe that she sought God for her hurt. In Psalms chapter 121, verses 1 and 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. The psalmist David said, wrote this, but I believe that that Elizabeth, that she, this was her prayer and that this was her cry, that she lifted up her eyes into the hills. She lifted up her eyes to the Lord, who she knew that could give her help. You know, I thought about this. We all have baggage, don't we? All of us have our own dilemmas, our own family problems. You, whoever you are that's listening, just think about the dilemma that you have. We, all of us have that dilemma. We all have that which we would love to change in our lives. But what if he doesn't? Or what if he doesn't in the time in that you think that he should? We all have that certain thing. I know I just said that those five words that Elizabeth, that dreadful thing, and they had no child. What is those five words or what is those that phrase in your life that's dreadful, that's hurtful? Do we base our surf, service on the Lord on circumstances and emotions or the fact that he is our God, our God, our Father, and our finisher of our faith as Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says? Do we base our circumstances and that on how we serve the Lord or just the fact of who he is. And Elizabeth, she served the Lord just out of fact because of the God that she served and the God that he was. But we also see her pain in, the, in Elizabeth that she was sure of God's provision during this time. We see her pain in verse 25, but also her petition and that she had a division there. Just think about where she's at. And she felt divided among those other women. And if you think about the manners and the customs of that time, the women, they baked breads together. They cleaned, they washed their clothing together. They were tribal. They stayed together in groups, just like the men as well. And that she was disconnected with her social class because she was barren. So think about whenever they went out to wash or whenever they were 
um, taking wheat and grinding the wheat or whatever they were doing, sitting along with each other. And the other women laughing and their children running around. Oh, Johnny, you stop. You're going to get hurt. Don't you do that to your sister. But there was Elizabeth. And then maybe some that was expecting, oh, my baby just kicked. Come here and feel this, Elizabeth. Oh, I've never felt that before. Oh, I just told my child the other day that they was going to have to start doing this with their father, going into the temple because she was around a lot of Levitical wives probably there together. And they talked about that with their husbands being priests. Maybe they were talking about what they were going to teach their sons to do. And every woman during that time, if you think about it, they wanted a male. And why would they want a boy? First of all, they'd want a child. But the most blessing would be to have a male. The reason why is because they were looking for the coming Messiah. And every woman that bore a child, she had the hopes of carrying that Messiah, the Messiah to come, the promised Messiah. So it was even more of a blessing to have a boy. And so whenever she stood around those women and that she felt invisible, just think about it, she felt like an outcast and that she felt unconnected to the, uh, those other women. Every day, every day, just think about it, every month. We're ladies here, we know that, you know, whenever at the, if you're trying to have a baby, you think of those that week after you get through with your monthly and then you think, you pray for a child, but then there comes that where she knew she wasn't every month. Every month, another disappointment. Month after month, years go by. And she hears the, the cries of the baby and then running to their mama. Mommy, mommy, that hurtful hearing that she, every day that she heard. What is it that you have that baggage in your life? That it comes and it hurts every day. That, and I believe that Elizabeth, she had that hurt each and every day. That reminder that she, her arms were empty and ached. And that whenever she saw a mother feeding her baby to her bosom, that she ached and longed to do that and nurture a baby. But yet, I believe and I know that Elizabeth, she, she found her strength in the Lord. Every day, he was her God. And you know, today that there's so much comparison. I know Elizabeth had comparison even in the day that she lived in. But I think even the more we compare ourselves with other people, social media is terrible for this. And that we live in an age that we are all connected, per se. But that connection or trying to be connected can bring hurt. That's the reason why I have to go off social media, but I even tend to, to try to compare myself. Oh, well, look at her. Look what she's doing. Why couldn't I do that? Or that family, that they look so happy. Look what they're doing. Look where they're going on vacation. And so we catch ourselves comparing with each other. So even more than the day of Elizabeth living, that we must seek God for our families and not look under other people's households. Just like the Proverbs 34, 31 woman that she looked well into the ways of her own household. And Elizabeth, she was a virtuous woman. That she looked well into the ways of her own house. That she was blameless and righteous before God in her own household. 
We, we need to seek God for our families, whether it be when our children come to the age of school, if they need to be homeschooled or not. Now, not all families are homeschool families. What To let the Lord, to let God guide your family and what God has for your family. I know so many times I think people want to be, uh, women want to be grouped in a certain group. I know that some people want to be grouped with homeschool moms. They want to be a homeschool mom. I'm going to tell you, I am a homeschool mom, and it is not easy, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that that's what God wanted from our family, Jonathan and I's family. That's what he wanted for our family. But I didn't want to be a homeschool parent to be grouped with uh, groupies of women. That way we could get together and tell our children to hush and go play, but yet we're going to talk about what we were doing in homeschool that day. <laughs> no, I homeschooled my children because I knew that that's what the Lord had for our family. And even the struggles and that uh, of doing that every day during the school year, I could go back to the promise and the scripture that the Lord gave me that I should do that for our children. But Elizabeth saw that her family wasn't an original. Each one of us, no matter what that is, that you think that would be so much better to be another family or another woman, that she looks so happy. But you know, on social media, she doesn't put the pain that she's having that day or maybe the disappointment or the different trials our family's going through. No, you put the perfect picture, right? The perfect selfie or, or people put the perfect picture of their family. That's what they put on there, not them crying or, or their dismay or whatever they're going through. Same thing with Elizabeth. And she believed that her family was original and that she sought God for what he had for her life and that she was different. All the other women her age had children, most of them, but she didn't. And whatever it is that you think is putting a barrier between you and other people, just be content. And we see that, that Elizabeth, that I really believe at looking at this woman's character, that she was a content woman because she was, how do we be content? That we just rely on the promises of God and have that relationship with the Lord and be content in the Lord. We can't within our own flesh be content. It can only come through living in the spirit of the Lord and walking in him. But living for God simple, we complicate it so with very, uh, several O's at the end so many times. And that's what Satan wants us to be is complicate our lives. Like I said before, social media, he wants us to complicate our thought process. That it's simple to everyday trust. And you know, just like that scriptures in Ecclesiastes, that each day is a new mercy before God. And that I think Elizabeth lived like this. Every day when she woke up, it was a new mercy, a new day that the Lord gave her and her family. But Elizabeth knew that God would provide that he would provide what she needed for her family because she was a believer. That's what we say for a Christian, right? That we're a believer. But if we're a believer, do we believe that God will come to pass what he wants in our lives? Think about whatever it is whenever I talked about that baggage, whatever it is in your life. We all have that certain things, that certain phrase that we said that those five words, then they had no child. What is that, that phrase in your life? But she had faith. She was a believer and that she had faith each and every day, her and her husband. You know, my husband, I'm um, teaching this podcast on a Thursday. My husband taught a message, I mean, preached a message last night in the Weezing Out service, and it was what an awesome message it was. And I know that we'll put that on the podcast later in this week, but 
And I would encourage you to read, to listen to that podcast in The Lord is My Shepherd, I Shall Not Want. But he preached on just on Psalms 23, that first phrase in verse 1. And that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if the Lord is your shepherd, he is your God. He is your deliverer. He's the one that protects you. And he's your one that provides, as I was talking about in this first point, that Elizabeth was sure of God's provision. If you're sure that God is your provision, that if the Lord is your shepherd, you will not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that whenever you have faith in the Lord and all these things the Lord has done for us, that whenever you look back to those milestones and the things the Lord has done for your life, and most of all, salvation, you look at that that the pinnacle in your life, that you shall not want. Because everything that you, of your needs or wants is going to come to pass, your needs is going to come to pass because he is your shepherd. And you will not want because you will be content. With contentment, there is great gain. And Elizabeth, she had that gain in her life. And oh, that we could, all of us, every day, have that contentment and that gain in our life that we shall not want because our faith lieth in our shepherd of our life. The Lord is my shepherd. Because the Lord was Elizabeth shepherd and her guide and provider, she was content even in her desires for many years of her youth to have a child. That's what women, when they were born, that's what they were trained to do. Trained to help take care of their siblings and take care and to, to have a child. And that even with that many years and desires, that she still was content what God had for her life. And that, that her family was an original and special but I'm going to end that podcast, and I know I'm. But we're going to look at next time Elizabeth was sure of God's plan, and that God, the, God's plan for her life. But ending this, I don't want to end on a on a sad note. But it well, it's not sad because Elizabeth, no matter what her pain was, God still was giving her the provision each and every day that He was going to take care of her. You know, no matter what those obstacles are, that phrase that I was talking to you about in our life that hurt, that we can have contentment and peace because the Lord, even if you have everything you think you would want, but you don't have the peace of the Lord, you're still going to want because you're going to, because you're not going to have that peace in your life. But Elizabeth had everything she needed because she had that peace. But next time, like I said, that we'll speak on Elizabeth um, was sure of God's plan and also that Elizabeth was sure of her prize, that she was given that prize. We're going to talk about those things. Not exactly probably when she had desired the time of her life, but it still came to pass. Came to pass, excuse me. But today, I want to thank you for joining today. My prayer is that this podcast has been a source of blessing to you. I'm thankful for God's word, aren't you? And I'm so thankful that Luke, that he put this into God's word and he inspired the Lord inspired him to write about this humble family, how we can learn from her life, a life of provision that God took care of her each and every day. But if this podcast was a blessing or any of any of the others, please send us a message on Facebook. I hope you all have a wonderful day in the Lord's blessings.